Salutations, Scoob Believer. Do you have a dream of becoming an entrepreneur, but don't know where to start or even what to do? Where can I gather information quickly about what's in my zone of genius? Don't worry, Scoob Believers. I got you covered. Go to tuepodcast.net backslash AI prompt and check out an amazing set of AI prompts that will give you ideas, information, and articles to help you get across that start line. Once again, go to tuepodcast.net backslash AI prompt to get you started now. Good luck, Scoob Believer. So all of you at this point had knows that I've been talking a lot about elementary analytics and having it in all my programs. But I've actually been using it a lot for the last couple months. Elementary Analytics has actually shown me that my Twitter has gotten the most traffic. With that information, I'm actually able to put more energies into my Twitter so I could reach more people. And I think it could do the same for you too. So if you go to tuepodcast backslash ea, you could take a look for yourself and see if it's something that will work for you. It's definitely worked for me, and it's done everything I needed it to do. Gathering my analytics from Facebook, from Twitter, from Instagram, from Google, and even my website. And with all that great information, with one press of a button, I'm able to see it all on one screen. And if I really needed to, I could actually print charts with a single press of a button. So give it a try for yourself. I think you'd be really, really pleased with what it could do for you. Once again, go to tuepodcast backslash ea for a 14-day free trial and see how it works for you. Undiscovered Entrepreneur, episode one dozen, number 12. Like the eggs. Undiscovered Entrepreneur, the podcast where brand new entrepreneurs come to life and could quite possibly be discovered. Join me, DJ Scoob, and the rest of the Scoob Believers as we help these new businesses become a reality. And now, away we go! Scoob Believer, and welcome to an amazing episode 12 of The Undiscovered Entrepreneur, and that's me, DJ Scoob, <laughs> coming at you with whatever device you happen to be listening on. Well, this is definitely probably the most amazing episode yet that I've put together for The Undiscovered Entrepreneur. Today is actually going to be our very first experienced entrepreneur. But we're not just talking about any experienced entrepreneur, no. We're definitely talking about somebody who has been of great value to my life, entrepreneur, and fellow podcaster. As a matter of fact, he has been a podcaster for over 20 years, put together so many different types of podcasts, and turned it all into a life coach business. I still talk to him quite frequently in Clubhouse, and is definitely a friend. And today we're talking to none other than Cliff Ravenscraft. Let's take a listen. Salutations, Scoop Believers, and we are here again with another amazing 
entrepreneur, but we're doing something a little bit different this time. Now, I know that all the podcasts that I've been doing up to this point has been with brand new entrepreneurs that are less than a year in their business. But today we're talking to somebody who's been just a little bit longer than a year. We're talking to the amazing Cliff Ravenscraft. Hello, Cliff. How are you doing? Jesse, I am doing incredibly well given the circumstances post-COVID, but man, I'm honored to be on your show. I'm actually glad you're sitting here right now with me. Uh, you've been through COVID, it affected you, and you're still up straight. So I really, I'm really glad that happened that way. I'm very glad it happened that way as well. <laughs> All right. So now I know who you are, obviously, because I'm a huge fan and uh, you're kind of like one of my uh, mentors that aren't actually mentoring me, if you know what I mean. Um, but I know there's a couple people that don't know who you are. So if you could please just tell us who you are and what you do for your entrepreneur adventure. Sure. I'll just give you the uh, very Reader's Digest story, and we can go into any direction you want to go. So okay. uh, back in 2000, let's see here, December 2005, I started podcasting as a hobby at the time, I had been working for my family's uh, insurance agency, a family-run insurance agency owned by my father. It was started by my grandfather in 1937. I was next in line to take over the business. I was extremely wildly successful as an insurance agent, independent insurance agent. Had no desire to make any money from podcasting whatsoever. I was just an early adopter of technology. And lo and behold, I recorded an audio recording, some audio feedback for somebody else's podcast devoted to the TV show Lost. And it was about the uh, Thomas theory that I had created. I had been blogging about the TV show Lost ever since my wife got me obsessed with it. <laughs> and uh, basically that transformed everything. I put that three and a half minute audio file together. My voice got played in the transmission podcast by Ryan and Jen Ozawa in Hawaii. And next thing you know, Entertainment Weekly uh, blogs about my Thomas Theory on EW.com, shuts down my servers for for exceeding bandwidth uh, because <laughs> too much traffic. And uh, then all of a sudden, I start getting people saying, hey, you should create your own podcast. And uh, because of that, I, I created a, my very first podcast episode in December, like I said, December 16th, 2005. And the whole idea was that it would just be called generally speaking, because I didn't think anybody would really want to hear me talk about anything. Who am I? I'm a guy in Northern Kentucky nobody's ever heard of before. I'm interested in a bunch of things, but I'm not an expert in anything. So I decided, you know, generally speaking, welcome, hello. Uh, and I'll tell you what, because I understand the power of podcasting and niche topics, here's how I'll do it. In each episode, I'll stick to either talking about technology, faith, or uh, the TV show Lost. Those are the three topics that I would create different podcasts on if I had an audience that was interested in hearing me talk about any of them. But since probably nobody's interested in hearing me talk about anything, I'll just do one podcast, but I will keep it to one topic per episode. And it'll be usually one of those three things. So just look for the first episode, look for the title of the episode, and it'll tell you what the topic is. Look for the word faith or the word lost or the word technology. That'll be the first word in the title. That's how you'll know. And so I, I got that introduction out of the way. And uh, lo and behold, after I introduced it, I said, okay, today we're going to talk about Lost. And I explained how I got into Lost and, and everything like that. 
I had more than 500 people download that episode within 24 hours. Oh my. And, and I basically had people say, oh my gosh, I really could care less about your faith. I could really care less about hearing you talk about technology. But if you did a podcast every week about the TV show Lost, I'm a subscriber. And I had a bunch of people say that. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess people are interested in hearing me talk about Lost. So I invited my wife, Stephanie, to join me the very next week. And I came to the episode and it says, hello, everyone, and welcome to the weekly Lost edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. And that began the journey of podcasting as a hobby for me. So lo and behold, I started, I'm I'm podcasting about all these other topics because I I still wanted to talk about technology. I still wanted to talk about faith. I wanted to talk about other passions. So I created different podcasts for different passions that I had and people around the world. Oh, by the way, the, the lost podcasters were already in full swing before I got started there were already at least six other podcasts devoted to the TV show Lost, and they had something called the Lost Podcast Network, where each podcaster had their own podcast feed, and they also created a blogger account. And in that blogger account, they could anybody could log in, and you could syndicate your Lost podcast into this blogger account, and it was a combined feed called the Lost Podcast Network. Because of that, we had tens of thousands of subscribers by our third episode because we were invited into it. So now that's the full picture of how I got started in my online entrepreneurial career. The story goes that people began to say, oh my gosh, this content's transforming my life. I got emails in the hundreds. I started getting postcards, thank you cards, all of this other stuff in the physical mail. And it, it just got to this place where all of a sudden I'm like, I wonder what life would be like if I could do this for a living instead of selling insurance. And one year later, one year later, I started Podcast Answer Man. And in episode number one of Podcast Answer Man, I said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if I could create a podcast coaching and consulting business that would allow me to leave my day job within the next five to 10 years? And that way, when my dad uh, you know, is ready to retire, I don't have to take over the agency. And so that's kind of just hinted at within that very first podcast episode. Nine months later, I put my 90-day notice in and by January 2008, I'm full-time self-employed as the podcast answer man. So that's how I got started, wow. Jesse. Any, anywhere you want to go from there is fine with me. Well, I like the fact that you started out saying, oh yeah, you know, nine, 10 years and then nine months later, you're... <laughs> You're putting in your resignation. Yeah, it's, it's like five, 10 years. And if, even then, I I kind of thought it was just a pipe dream. <laughs> the other thing, too, is I, I like that you figured out which one worked for you best and just made a show out of that, um, going with the TV show Lost, because everybody else said that's where they're at and that's where they want to be at with you. So, But you still kept things open for, for your faith and your, and your tech uh, podcast too. What did you, do you still have, are those still up? So yeah, matter of fact, you can go to gspn.tv anytime you want. Um, it currently forwards you to a new Kajabi site that I created for the, some of the archived content from my network. I've done over 40 different podcast shows, over 4,500 podcast episodes. 
Uh, so there's a lot of content out there. Not all of it has been transferred over to the gspn.tv website that I just told you about. Mm-hmm. But there's a there's a lot of content out there. I mean, we did a bunch of entertainment shows like Desperate Housewives, Grey's Anatomy fan podcast, Doctor Who fan podcast, Heroes fan podcast. We've done uh, fan podcasts in the entertainment genre around books like the Hunger Games series. Uh, so HungerGamesPodcast.com, uh, TwilightSagaPodcast.com I own. Um, <laughs> so those, those are all in the archives. Then I had a show called business tech weekly help. I got a Mac, uh, social media serenity. Those were all weekly shows that I was doing. I did a show called the almost daily devotional, uh, a show called the, about the church. It was later trend, um, rebranded to encouraging others through Christ. I had a show that I did was a personal audio journal called my crazy life. And eventually trans uh, or change the branding on that to pursuing a balanced life. So yeah, I've, I've done quite a bit of content over the years. That's amazing. And we could find you just about anywhere. I'm going to go on to a little something different here. Now you are, you are obviously one of my biggest uh, virtual mentors. So is Pat Flynn. Cause I know you're friends with Pat Flynn as well too. But back then when you were first getting started, did you have any mentors or guides to help you along for your success and say the podcasting and being able to do what you do now? Yeah, I, I had I had friends. Initially, it was friends, not necessarily mentors, but I had friends who had helped me out. I, t- I talk about this, I think, in episode one of my brand new podcast called Upgrade Your Peer Group mm-hmm. over at UpgradeYourPeerGroup.com. And in that episode, I talk about my what was called my business advisory team. And I, I'm like, listen, I've lived an entire lifetime as an employee, and I know nothing about owning a business. So I need to surround myself with people who at least understand what a business is, how to operate it, and who could be some people that I could bounce ideas off of and share my concerns with, people who'd understand the vision of what it is that I'm going after. So I had a bunch of friends who just had more experience with business than I did. Some of them had their own businesses, uh, had been never had an, they'd never had a, an employer in their life. I had a pastor friend of mine who whose dad owned his own business. I had somebody else who was a CEO of a business and somebody who had an MBA, you know, in masters of business administration, I guess. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to start with these guys. And so I, I bounced ideas off of those. It was, it was a lot of help there. I had one very uh, important and influential friend in my life. His name is Mark Tofoya. He was somebody who was a fellow podcaster. He is one of those guys who he's been a serial entrepreneur his entire life. He's a personal chef in New York City. And I got to tell you, man, that guy poured countless hours into encouraging me through some of the more challenging ups and downs in my business just as a personal friend and keeping me focused on on the you know the next things and the next decisions and don't give up, that kind of stuff. So I had that going for me. It wasn't until probably uh, mid-2008, right around halfway through my first year in business, that I started to really understand the value of personal development and self-help, which I had had a lot of bad taste in my mouth. There there were some influential religious leaders in my upbringing that seemed to put a lot of negative emphasis on this whole idea of self-help and personal Mm -hmm. development Mm -hmm. And this, you know, positive thinking stuff. And so I stayed away from that material that could have benefited me much earlier. 
But in the middle of 2008, I recognized, man, I want to I read some of these books that people are talking about, like Think and Grow Rich and The 4-Hour Work Week. And uh, then I read this book called uh, 48 Days to the Work You Love by Dan Miller. And Dan Miller, in my mind, Dan Miller became my very first virtual mentor. The same way that you're kind of referring to me, Dan was that to me for many years. Uh, ultimately, became a close personal friend of mine and we've had an incredible relationship for more than a decade now. But um, yeah, that so Dan Miller was probably one of my big mentors early in the days. He's the, when, he, when I read the book, 48 Days to the Work You Love, it was the very first shift in my mindset about money and earning money doing something that you love, which I used to believe that that's not really how you get paid. People don't pay you for your hobby. People pay you for doing difficult work that's hard and challenging. And the more challenging something is, the harder things are, the more you hate what you're doing. Those are the things you really get paid for. That's where you're really adding value to people's lives. And that's that was my mindset back in the day. And so 48 Days to the Work You Love, a book by Dan Miller, was the very first book that created that very first shift for me that that all of a sudden says, wait a second, no, that that's faulty thinking. Not only should you get paid to do work that you love, but it's ultimately, you'll find more success doing something that you love than that than something you find incredibly difficult. Just because you are t- got some natural gifting and talent and passion for a project, that's, that's going to be what's causing you to put the extra effort in, to go the extra mile, to learn and to not give up. And really helped me understand the idea that, oh my gosh, I am putting thousands of hours into learning podcasting. And because, of, and, and I'm not doing it because it's hard. It's because it's what I can't not do. It, it, Dan Miller was famous back in the day for have saying a quote. Now he might've got it from someone else. I don't know. But he said, find something that you love to do so much that you'd be willing to do it for free. Then become so excellent at doing that thing that people would be willing to pay you to do it. And that was a first major shift in the way that I saw what I was doing as a hobby. And even though I had already had a business and I'm self-employed, even in my mind, at the, before I had that mental mindset shift of find something that you love to do, so that you'll be some, become so excellent at it that people would be willing to pay you. It wasn't really until after I read that book that I really saw myself as a business owner that adds value to people's lives. That's amazing. What a story. That is so awesome. Uh, the Four Hour Work Week and Think and Grow Rich, definitely two books that I've read. But I'm definitely going to look into that, uh, into the book you just mentioned, just kind of read that as well, too, because it sounds like it's something that could benefit anybody. One thing I'd like to mention here, too, is when you first started out, you didn't know anything about entrepreneurship or anything like that. You looked on the outside for other people that knew more you more than you about business to learn from them. So you you really can't just say, well, I don't know this, so I'm not going to do it. If you something, if if there's something that's really important to you that you want to learn, go out and look for people that know more than you so you can learn from them so you can help yourself. Yeah, role modeling has always been a part of my life. Uh, I I pretty much am a an autodidact is something that I've learned later in life. And an autodidact is somebody who is a self-taught person. So I am a very self-taught person. And because I'm a self-taught person, I could teach myself the hard way, uh, you know, the the learning all the lessons about how to become a business person and, and all this other stuff. I 
I could read a couple blog articles. I could read a couple of books. I could take an online course here or there. And without the aid of of anyone, I could kind of just piece things together. I It's something called an autodidact. So that's something that is a part of who I am, my identity. But it, the, even though I'm an autodidact, I definitely understand what we call role modeling. And that is find somebody who's already doing exactly what it is that you want to do. And they're doing it at the level and with the same kind of values that you have. If you if there's somebody else out there already doing it, why don't you just study that person and learn everything you can learn from them? Now, it doesn't mean that you have to have a, a personal relationship with them, although if that's a possibility, then that's something that's worthy of pursuit. And I certainly have pursued many people uh, who were already achieving those things. But uh, somebody who is a role model to me today and a mentor to me today is Tony Robbins. Never had a one-on-one conversation with Tony in my life. But I can tell you right now, I've studied Tony Robbins' materials probably at least, I'd say I have at least 5,000 hours devoted into studying the teachings of Tony Robbins. And so uh, that that has brought tremendous amount of value to my life in learning from somebody like that. All right. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Same thing for me too. I'm very self-educated. I actually did a lot of the... Um, audiobook reading because I listen to my books. I don't read them because it bores me. Um, and I keep telling people, you know, use me as as a uh as information. So you don't have to go and listen to books for two years like I did or anything like just ask me the questions and I'll be able to answer them. And if I don't know what the answer is, I know where to find the answer. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things. I I, I love that I had a friend of mine, I won't mention his name here, but I had a friend of mine and I read this book called The Big Leap. And it, it only took four and a half hours, five hours to read this entire book. I mean, it's you can read it in an afternoon. And oh my gosh, it transformed my life. I mean, I, I shut down 100% of my podcast Answer Man revenue and made the decision within just a few short weeks to completely rebrand myself from Podcast Answer Man to the Mindset Answer Man. A decision that I had been not, you know, mauling over for more than two or three years at that point. I read this book and I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, this is the eye opening thing. And I first read the book, did a YouTube, uh, was it Facebook Live? I did a Facebook Live about the topic of the book. I explained the entire book in about 15, 20 minutes. And I said, hey, in one year, I will not have a single product or service related to podcasting whatsoever. You will not be able to hire me. So you've got one year to sign up for podcasting A to Z. About <laughs> a week later, I said, you've got 90 days. Uh, and, and, and then one week after that, so two weeks after I read this book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, I said, it was two weeks later, I said, my next session of podcasting A to Z, it is absolutely my last session. This is your last chance. And that was it. And 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 I and I've lived up to that. That I have not uh, done any podcast coaching or consulting since then. But uh, my friend got the book, and he says, "Cliff, you know, I, I've got lots of books on my list and stuff like that. But you know, every now and then, when you recommend a book, I'll I'll put it at the top and go ahead and read it." And so I read the book. It's called The Big Leap. And uh, he's like, I don't get he he his his. It came in a text message, Cliff. I read the Big Leap. Next line, I don't get it. The next line, what's the big deal with this book? And so I said, Do you have time for a quick uh, FaceTime call? And and he says, Sure. 
So I sit there, I said, let me ask you this. Did you read where, where it asked this question? Are you willing to feel good and have your life go well all of the time? That's in there? Yes. Have you, do you remember that question? No. Let, think about that question. Answer that for me right now. Are you willing to feel good and have your life go well all of the time? He's like, wow, that's a pretty profound question. I said, exactly. So that's number one. <laughs> number two, did you learn about this zone, this zone? That Yeah, I understood the zones. Okay, but did you actually answer the, there are four questions that help you discover your zone of genius. He goes, where's that at? And I said, well, here, let me ask you these questions. And I asked, I asked him the four questions. He goes, oh my gosh. And it, his life was changed in that moment, in that conversation. He read the entire book in four and a half hours, but he missed the, the essence of what that book's transformation was. It's, it's different when you read a book and then actually absorb the book and the, what the book actually is trying to tell you. I mean, I could read anything, you know, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I've done, I've read it. What's the big deal? But you really have to sit down and let it sink in of what the book's actually trying to tell you. So yeah, I could definitely see that. And um, I'm glad that he made that transition. Yeah, and, and that's, and the cool thing about books is I'll get in, like, have you ever heard of Thou Shall Prosper by Rabbi Daniel Lappin? No. Okay, this is a book that had radically transformed the way that I think about charging people money for what I do, all right, and building wealth. And it helped, it helped me discover how much programming you and I receive on a daily basis that says earning money is evil, that owning a business makes you the villain, uh, that everything that you earn is earned off of the backs of others who now have less because you have more. Um, th this is in our movies. It's in our books. It's in our TV shows. It's in our culture everywhere. Yeah. The funny thing is, is I, Thou Shall Prosper, the two books that I've mentioned so far, 48 Days to the Work You Love, I heard about that book from Dave Ramsey. And I had become debt-free because of Dave Ramsey. And I had also succeeded pretty wildly as a result of adopting buy, term, invest, the difference in educating people before I left my career as an insurance agent. I, I, was, a, I was a top insur life ins term life insurance salesman in, in the United States for two different companies in the same year. Dave, Dave Ramsey talked about 48 days to the work you love all the time, gave people free copies when they called into the radio show. I want you to read this. I'm going to send you a copy of my friend Dan's book. Blah, blah, blah. But he also always recommended people read the book, Thou Shall Prosper by his friend, Rabbi Daniel Lappin. So I ended up buying that book and I started reading it. Now I read the introduction, uh, which is the, it's, the introduction is by Dave Ramsey. Mm -hmm. Then there is, um, or the foreword, whatever, one of them's by Dave Ramsey. Then there's the foreword. And then the, the book is broken up into, let's just say it's 10 chapters, but it's like the 10 commandments of wealth building. So, so this guy is talking about the 10 commandments. Well, I get, I read the introduction by Dave Ramsey. I read the, the introduction from the author. I read the first wealth building principle. Wow. Mind blown. I get to the second chapter, the second wealth. It's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I basically get distracted and I go and do other things. And I never made it past that section of the book, but the introduction from Dave Ramsey, and then 
Rabbi Daniel Lappin in those first two chapters transformed my life. I have no idea what's in chapter three or whatever. Uh, and then later, uh, about three or four or five years later, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to read this book all the way through. I think it's time I finally read this book all the way through, but I start from the introduction again from Dave Ramsey. And then I read the introduction from the author. And then I read the first two chapters and I start going into chapter three and I'm bored to tears oh. and I set it aside again. And so I've read the, the that section of thou shall prosper two different times. I've never finished that book. And there are some people, and, and I will tell you that um, there was a time in my life when I would refuse to start a new book unless I finished another an old book. And that was one of the biggest detriments to my ability to learn and grow was because I was a completionist or a perfectionist. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm not going to move on until something else. And finally, I heard something that Tony Robbins said. And of course, I've got a ton of Tony Robbins quotes I could share with you. But he said, listen, I don't need a complicated idea to change my life. All I need is a simple idea that I can remember and consistently apply. Mm -hmm. So all I need, and, and so he said, one of the ways that he said, he says, listen, I read lots of books. Most of them are you know, mismatched of something that somebody else has already said and stuff like this. I go, I went to lots of conferences, lots of seminars and all this stuff. And a majority of the stuff, there's just not much there because I only need one insight from a book. I only need one insight from a seminar. And that one insight could be the transformation that just changes everything. And I could, I, it doesn't matter if I if, if I get that on day one or day five or wherever, I don't have to finish the rest of the seminar to, to go and run with that insight. And that's been a very powerful thing to me. And so um, one of the interesting things, I used to very much brag about how much I hate to read. And, um, and I did. I literally hated to read. But I'm currently in the middle, currently right now in the middle of reading 54 different books. Wow. That's a lot of books in one time. It, it, well, I, I, I got a Kindle. I've got I've got physical books all around me. Right, right. And the, the the fun thing is, is I can open up a book and pick up wherever that bookmark is. I may not have seen this book for three and a half months. I might read a chapter. I might read five chapters. I'm I might read just three paragraphs. But man, as soon as as soon as I get something and I highlight it, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go journal about this. And then all of a sudden, it's like that becomes something that shows up in a conversation, in a coaching call, and becomes transformative to my clients. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know what? Maybe I should share this in a podcast episode. And that reaches tens of thousands of people. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is very cool. And all of that because I read just for 30 minutes in one of those books that I just picked up. And, and you know, I, I don't care if I ever finish books. All I care about is, am I learning something today? I'd be afraid that like, if I'm reading something and something hits me hard like that, if I keep reading, I'm either going to forget about it or, you know, something like, cause then my mind goes somewhere else where, you know, then I lose that, that information that I found. So I could see how that can actually be beneficial for you. When you hit, get that one sweet spot that hits you hard, you want to go to do something about it, do it now before yeah. you forget about it. So have you ever heard of the second brain creating a digital tool for a second brain? A digital, a digital tool for a second brain. Uh, isn't that like our phones or something like that? <laughs> well, potentially. So here's, here's one thing that's been a part of my process for a very long time. 
So what will happen is, <laughs> let's just say I pick up the book Unlimited Power by Tony Robbins. Not the audio version on Audible. Uh, I will tell you that that is not, it is nowhere near the power of that book. You need to get the actual physical book or Kindle book uh, because there is no narrated version of Unlimited Power by Tony Robbins. But anyway, so one of the things that I will do is I will, let's just say I pick up the book uh, Unlimited Power and I read chapter one. And I'm the type of guy, especially with certain authors and Tony's one of them, by the time I'm finished reading chapter one, I've I've highlighted pretty much every sentence other than maybe three or four sentences in the entire chapter. So I'm that guy. And I'm also the guy that, that publishers say, listen, put a limit on how much this guy can copy and paste from Kindle <laughs> over to his notes. <laughs> but I create something, I create Cliff's notes on everything. Uh, when, and I don't do it on everything, just things that really speak to me and resonate me uh, with me at, the, at a, a very deep level. So I'm not so much of a person who is like, you know what, I want to read at least three hours a day, or I want to read five hours a day or something like that. Although I had, prior to getting COVID, I was reading three to five hours a day. But what I would, it's not so much, am I reading? The question is, am, I consider reading to be, oh, wow, this is very powerful you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over and today I'm using an app called Notion instead of Evernote. But I go into Notion and I create a page for my notes, Cliff's notes on this book. And I'm like, oh, here's my notes on chapter one. And here's here are 15 highlights from this book. And here are my thoughts related to each of these things. And I kind of begin to process it and outline it. So I may have read, invested 20, 30 minutes of reading within it, the chapter, but I may have then taken a, a, a good hour's worth of notes on what I did with that 20 to 30 minutes of reading. If I never finished that book, which by the way, I did finish Unlimited Power, but um, if I never finished that book, it's not a big deal. The question is, is, is there incredible, immense value in that 20 to 35 minutes of highlighting I did, and then the hour of note-taking that I did. That, for me, is how I implement. That's how I learn. That's how I grow. And that's why, you know, again, you know, 54 books to me is nothing to be in the middle of right now. Right. That's that's just a normal everyday thing for you. <laughs> it's just an everyday thing. And, and the, I've actually discovered something called synchronicity. Synchronicity is this concept that where... So the the way the best way that I can say this, and it's going to sound a little metaphysical, but I have a belief in a higher being, a higher power, a God, <laughs> and so my I believe in something called intuitive um, guidance. So I believe that God is always leading me and guiding me from one experience to another experience to another experience, and in a way, I feel like it, the way the best I'll describe it here, just to keep it easy to understand is I feel like God is consistently speaking to me through various conversations I'm having with people like you, or whether it's um, watching a TikTok video, or whether it's on YouTube, or watching a documentary on National Geographic, or whatever, or a book. And what's been amazing is how much I I might... kind of God is speaking to me about a specific topic, let's just say through an author of chapter three of this book. 
And then I, I put that down. And then at lunch, I'm watching a YouTube video of one of the YouTube creators that I follow that's completely unrelated, seemingly, to the book that I am reading. It's a totally different topic, different genre. And all of a sudden, it's like that person is now communicating to me. And it's almost as I had right, it picks up right where I left off in the chapter in that book this morning. And then all of a sudden, I will be watching a television show with my wife, entertainment-based television show. And the writers of the show are writing scripts that these these characters are saying things that are just, it's like it just picked up from the, the YouTube creator from lunch this afternoon, which picked up right after that um, book, the, the chapter, a couple of chapters of that book. It's almost as though every single day, no matter where I turn, I'm being consistently fed the next part of the piece of the puzzle that I need to learn and to grow and to expand my mindset around this. And I've just, I've just noticed a consistent ongoing synchronicity happening uh, for over two years of my life now. That's actually been happening to me lately. Uh, funny you should say that. Um, what I do is I listen to uh, podcasts and listen to books. And then on my lunch break, I'll watch uh, TED Talks and YouTube videos. Uh, and then every once in a while, for some reason, they'll link. Even though I'm, I'm doing two different types of things, they'll link together in some way, shape, or form. So I've actually been feeling that myself a lot lately. So that's amazing. So I'm going to go on to a different thing here real quick. Um, I actually got a couple of questions from some of my followers on Twitter. I told them I was going to be interviewing you and I picked the top two questions that uh, they wanted to be asked. So I'm going to ask you one of them right now. So Jocelyn uh, from the steps to health podcast asked in hindsight, what failure are you most proud of and why? Almost dying in the hospital. Uh, And what for me, the, that failure was the fact that, my first year in business was very difficult and very challenging on every level, emotionally, mentally, uh, physically. I had so many limiting beliefs that I wasn't even aware of. Matter of fact, I, I, I knew almost nothing about emotional intelligence. I knew almost nothing about how to control your emotional state. <laughs> so many things that I did not know. And as a result of that, I did the one thing that I felt like I had been taught is you, you work hard, uh, work harder than anyone else. And gosh, for the first nine months of my business, full-time self-employed, I worked 12 to 14 hours a day, seven days a week without a single day off for the first nine months. After nine months, I decided to start taking one day a week off, but I only allowed myself to make that decision by making a commitment to increasing the number of hours that I work on the other six days of the week. and then. If that wasn't crazy enough, I basically celebrated my first year in full-time self-employed lifestyle uh, by doing a 24-hour nonstop podcast marathon. So I would record 24 one-hour podcasts within 24 hours, which I did. But right around, gosh, I think right around the 22nd hour, I started experiencing some stabbing pain in my back and it was shooting all the way up through my gut. It's like somebody had just been stabbing me with an ice pick. I I pushed through uh, as one does. And so at the end of the 24 hours, I'm like, I think I need to go lay down. And I, there was just no such thing as laying down in a way that wasn't painful. So ended up going to the emergency room. Turns out that I had massive, massive, massive amounts of gallstones. 
that I had destroyed my physical health to the point where uh, I had one stuck in my cystic duct and there was a mix up with some doctor's orders and stuff like that. And long story short, I almost died in the hospital in, at, after my first year of full-time self-employment. And I consider that, that that to be a significant failure in my life. The failure, it, the, the whole idea of of just pursuing at any cost. You know, my my health is not that big of a deal. My desire to serve others, my desire to be known as somebody who's of service to others, my my pride and my vanity, all of those things led into uh, just me feeling like, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm going to make this happen. There's no way that I'm not going to make this happen and I'll do whatever it takes. And even if it costs me my physical health and that was in hindsight, uh, that, that was a failure on multiple levels that I gave and I fed into an example of, of this hustle culture. You know, it's like, that's, I had bought into the hustle culture. I was living the hustle culture and I was inspiring uh, tens of thousands and eventually hundreds of thousands of others, other people. So uh, thankfully I didn't die in the hospital. I came out of that and uh, that began, that was really the, uh, another major transformation in my life that began the the earliest stages of my health and fitness journey. Wow, that's that's a lot to overcome. That's amazing. I mean, holy cow, dude! You you almost died. That's just some massive burnout going on right there. Oh, it was massive burnout was an understatement. <laughs> um, it, like I said, mentally, emotionally, physically, on every level, I was I, I was like a, t- a piece of toast that was burnt in the toaster. Wow. <laughs> So that was that was what's going on. But I will tell you, you know, I, I the the question is what is what's a failure you're proud of? I'm 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 proud of that failure. People often ask me, you know, what would you go back and change if you could change anything? I say I wouldn't change anything because I am who I am today because of those things. That coming out of the hospital after recovery, I ended up uh I think I lost like 60 plus pounds over the course of 18 months and learned about the Mediterranean style eating and and some significant lifestyle changes. And all of a sudden that became a very inspirational piece of the work that I was doing. And, but then I gained it all back uh, after getting, getting the flu back in 2000, November, 2011, and then having an up and down journey of, you know, just going back and forth, back and forth. And I, I mean, when I was in the hospital, I weighed almost 300 pounds. And I, so I lost about 60 pounds or more. And then I gained it all back. And in November 2014, I was at a I was at the peak of my success financially uh, in my business. I had been able to accomplish, you know, I was making more than half million dollars a year. I have no employees, no staff, no anything. You know, things are going really well financially. I'm working with Michael Hyatt in his platform conference. I'm speaking at his event every six months, but I'd been, you know, up and down. I mean, imagine me showing up um, in February of one year and, and I, let's just say I weigh 220, but then now it's November and I'm way, you know, I, I'm speaking at Michael Hyatt's events just a couple, like six months later. And now I'm 272 pounds again. And it's like, what the heck's going on with this guy? <coughs> Excuse me. So my apology. If if anybody didn't catch it at the beginning, I'm just about a week out of uh, COVID now. Yeah, that's why the coughing is there. But uh, anyway, so in November 2014, 
I am at platform conference getting ready to speak. I had just purchased a brand new sport coat, you know, to look super nice on Michael Hyatt's stage in, in spite of the fact that I weigh nearly 300 pounds again. Uh, and what happened was I had just gotten that suit fitted to me uh, just two weeks before going out to Colorado. Now I'm out in Colorado, very high altitude. I weigh almost 300 pounds. And that morning, right before I go off to get on stage, the button pops off of my jacket because it's too tight. Oh, no. I had gained so much weight in two weeks that I couldn't wear the brand new, the the jacket wouldn't button. So I I just felt devastated. It It was so humiliating to me inside. But at the same time, I recognize it's like, hey, I, I've learned enough professionally to know that this isn't about me, you know, trying to inspire people and motivate people. This isn't about me. Michael Hyatt has called me, or asked me to come here to convince people to create a podcast within 90 days. And, and that's what I'm going to get on stage and do. And so I did. And then afterwards, I got a standing ovation. People came up to me. And this is what really transformed my life. I had tons of people after I got off the stage come up to me and say, Cliff, man, you are my inspiration. You are my role model. I want to live just like you live. And I'm like, man, I, I hate that. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I Yes, I, I'm glad I've inspired you with content creation. I'm glad I've inspired you with my story of entrepreneurship. I'm glad I've inspired you with my financial successes. I'm glad I've inspired you with all this other stuff. But let me tell you, at what cost? Mm -hmm. I'm still struggling with this stupid physical not taking care of myself. This is this has gotten out of control. And I don't I, I don't know that I would wish you any of the success that I have at the cost of my physical health. So I and so I'm I'm sitting there authentically saying, you know, and I wasn't saying this to them. I was just very appreciative of their very kind words. But this was what this was my internal dialogue. And that evening, Ken Davis, which was Michael Hyatt's business partner for the platform conference. He says, Cliff, I'd love to personally mentor you in the area of health and fitness if you'd be interested. And he told me his story. And uh, that was November 14th, 2014. And since then, uh, that, since that day, I made a commitment that I would work out six days a week, every week for the rest of my life. And I made that commitment. And outside of having COVID yeah. every now and then, yeah. I guess. Um, <laughs> That kind of puts a damper on things. I, yeah, but, yeah, but it's in November 2014. Uh, for I, I started working out six days a week, every week. I did a triathlon six months later with my friend Ken Davis, and uh, since then I've lost over 100 pounds, put on over 20 pounds of pure muscle mass, and I've kept it off for gosh, I don't however long 2014 was. However, is that seven years now? So Five years? Ago. I have no idea. <laughs> it's a long time ago. <laughs> But I've kept it off. I've been I've been an incredibly healthy, extremely fit person, um, <laughs> minus COVID. COVID. Yeah. But but uh, but yeah, it's that's that's been so. That's my answer. My my biggest failure that I'm most proud of is just uh, the the amounts of failure where I put the hustle culture and the hustle of business and the priority of business and the priority of success and in what other people's metrics are for success making those mine, you know, financially and all this other stuff. But um, the, the real failure was at what cost, not actually count, not 
necessarily counting the cost and my values and putting, uh, making a shift of my health is actually much more of a priority to me than financial success today. You know, it's amazing to me how something small and minute as a jacket button can make the difference between your mindset of what's going on now in my life and what I need to accomplish from here on out. Something that small, like a button on a jacket made you change your life. And that's awesome. That it's the proverbial straw that broke the candles exactly. back. Camel's back. Exactly. That, that was it. That, that button, I, that, that was the trigger. You still have the button? No. Oh, you should have kept it. That would have been a great reminder. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you, you got one more question, I think. Okay. So I got one more question. It's uh, from uh, Pixie from on stage, uh, next on stage one and a project podcast with Pixie. And she asked, what advice would you give to someone who is looking to just make that jump into entrepreneurship? Oh, what advice would I give? Upgrade your peer group. That, that, that is hands down, number one, the most important thing that you can do. If you're making the jump into entrepreneurship, that means that you're making the jump out of employeeship. And if you are in the world of employee, then chances are that you do life with other employees and you've spent most of your life being conditioned to think the way that employees think. And you'll never make the transition successfully into entrepreneurship until you've upgraded your peer group with other people who think like entrepreneurs. Uh, this is why I struggled so much in my first year. Even my business advisory team, I had a handful of people who understood business, but I also had a handful of people who were still very much stuck in the mindset of an employee style mm -hmm. uh, mindset. And so, um, you know, it's the reinforcement of the limiting beliefs of that that go along with a, a conditioned life that says the natural, responsible path is for you to go find a job show up consistently, earn that paycheck, and, and be satisfied with that. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that path for anybody who wants it. But obviously, anybody who's listening to this, this is a show for people who are new to entrepreneurship. And I got to tell you, if you want to live the entrepreneurial lifestyle, you want to create that business that allows you to do the work you love, get paid incredibly well to do it and still have a life where it's not going to put you into the hospital. You're going to need to upgrade your peer group to other people who actually think different about time, effort, energy, resources, products, and services. Um, you've, got, you've got to find some people out there who understand the not just the language of entrepreneurship, but understand the lifestyle of entrepreneurship and who understands the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. Surround yourself with people. Uh, Jim Rohn, who happened to be the mentor of Tony Robbins, said you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Tony Robbins, he says this, he said that your life or the quality of your life will be the direct reflection of the expectations of your peer group. So if all of a sudden your peer group it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're making $7,000 a month every month in your business. That's a lot of money. If anybody's ever said that to you, you need to make sure that they're not one of the five most influential people <laughs> in your life. Because I can tell you right now, you will never succeed financially as an entrepreneur with only five to $7,000 a month of revenue. It, it just isn't going to happen. But if it sounds like if five to $7,000 a month sounds like the holy grail, oh my gosh, I wish I could have that 
that tells me that you have not absolutely made the transition into the mindset of an entrepreneur yet. Uh, you really, you're not there until all of a sudden you you're hitting at least 10, 15 K a month minimum, uh, is, is really the, the mark for being able to be successful. And that's if you're a solopreneur with very low overhead. So, uh, my number one piece of advice, upgrade your peer group. And I actually created a podcast all, <coughs> excuse me, all about the mastermind principle over at upgradeyourpeergroup.com. All right. That's amazing. So I'm, I know you're kind of getting low on time here. So I'm just asking you two really simple, quick questions. Cause one of them is actually, definitely... believe it or not, I have an entire 24 hours in this day. Oh, really? Oh, okay. So I don't yeah, feel too so... bad because <laughs> I set this up <laughs> but, but I hour for you and like, Oh, I'm going over. Oh boy. Okay. So um, I'm going to ask you this question and this is kind of a question I ask everybody that I interview. So in your life, the next six months of your entrepreneur adventure, what are your goals? Uh, the next six months, fully recover from COVID. That definitely is is definitely <laughs> top number one on my priority. Yes, uh, get get back into the gym six days a week, every week, and continue that process. Um, I, basically, you know, as far as and then just continue to do what I've been doing for the last several years of my life. Ever since I read The Big Leap, I want to live my zone of genius uh, every day of my life. I want to, I know who I am. I know what value I bring to the world. I know how I add the most value to my clients. Um, I, I am in a very blessed position to know exactly what my mission and my purpose is, at least in this season of my life. And I have a business that allows me to do that consistently. So for me, I want to consistently be facilitating at least two paid mastermind groups where members are paying $1,000 a month to be a part of that. I've been doing that since November 2017 under the next level mastermind groups. And then I will always want to have about three to five one-on-one, very highly paid uh, one-on-one coaching clients. And I want to continue to be able to do all of the work necessary to not only gain those clients, but serve all of those clients only on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, giving me every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday off. So instead of working six or seven days, uh, like you were before, now you're only working like four and that's only a few hours at a time. So before COVID hit, uh, since July, 2019, I have been working only three days per week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, having four-day weekends every single weekend. And even through most of 2020, which you know a lot of people, the global economy shut down for most people, I was making between twenty-five dollars to $30,000 a month working only three days a week. And I'm the only person in my business. Well, except for my wife who helps me with accounting. That's amazing. Did it all yourself. That's, that's so awesome. So now if, if someone's listening and, and wants to get a hold of you or enlist you in any of your services or anything like that, how would they do that? Well, the first thing that I would encourage them to do, uh, especially if the mindset stuff, you know, the, the transition of the mindset of an employee to the mindset of a business owner, uh, if, if that resonates with you, I want to encourage you to check out the opening keynote address of my Free the Dream conference that my wife and I did for two years before uh, COVID started. It, you can find that over at mindsetanswerman.com slash free. And you'll hear a little bit more about my story, but specifically you will hear about some of the beliefs that I had about money uh, 
and how that caused me to consistently turn people away when they wanted to pay me for something that I'd already done for them. In fact, there's one story about how one guy, uh, he's like, Cliff, you've got to send me the invoice for $300. And I'm like, I can't go to sleep tonight with a good conscience if I send you, if you pay me $300 for this five minutes worth of work that I just did. And he was begging me. But that was a very common thing for me. And I, so I had this habit of throwing away money in the trash can. And so that's my opening keynote story. And there's a whole method in there where I talk about the fact that all beliefs have consequences. If anything that I've said with you resonates with you today, go watch this message. It's absolutely free, except for the fact that I ask you for your email address. And yes, I have an email newsletter that you'll get every week, but you can unsubscribe from it anytime you want. All of that's available, mindsetanswerman.com slash free. Then of course, um, you know, from there, just go to cliffravenscraft.com, click on podcasts and see some of the podcasts that I'm currently producing today. And also, uh, you can also find him on Clubhouse. Uh, that's where me and Cliff actually met, was on Clubhouse. So if you want to listen to some of his uh, AMAs that he has on there, go on there and look for him. You'll find him. And I, I it's just, it's amazing to even speak with you at this point, even, <laughs> even in your condition that I'm you're in. very appreciative of, the, of your audience that are still tuning in. I apologize uh, for my <laughs> coughing throughout, but um, I got to tell you, man, I'm, I'm so thrilled. I didn't want to cancel this. Um, I'm I'm glad to be back in the chair. I'm glad to be behind the microphone and the yeah. fact that I've been able to chat for an hour and and have the, this this is a good <laughs> sign for me, man. It feels it feels good. Cliff is back, ladies and gentlemen. Cliff is back. <laughs> All right. So um, thank you so much, Cliff. And I'm going to do this one real quick thing because I forgot to do it in the beginning. So it's just I have a really important question to ask you. Are you a scuba believer? So I love Scooby-Doo and I, I got to tell you there, there are different versions of Scooby-Doo I've heard that, that are out there and it's hard to describe. So I, I think I can tell you that I'm a true believer of Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? Which would uh-huh. have been the actual version of the cartoons that I would watch when I got home from school uh, in elementary school. So as, as long as it's Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? That particular version of the, the show, I'm a huge fan. All right, awesome. <laughs> I'm a big, big fan of the the original 1969 version, the 72, the original with all the door gags and the the laugh tracks and things like that. Nothing ever tops that. So I'm definitely going to go with that. All right, Cliff, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to to talk to my audience. You take care of yourself. Okay, feel better. Thank you so much. All right, school believers, that was Cliff Ravenscraft. Wow, that was probably one of the most amazing interviews I've ever done to this point. I'm so glad he took the time, even though he's just recovering from COVID, to sit down with me and talk with me on my podcast and give us a lot of great information. It was really totally amazing how we were able to listen to his backstory and figure out how he started from where he did, where he kind of accidentally fell into podcasting and built his company all the way up to where he is today. 
I also thought he had a very interesting way of how he reads his books, where he gets just a little bit of information from it and takes action right away when he finds something that really means something special to him. I really hope we all learn something from Cliff Ravenscraft. Okay, now a little bit of an update on my speaking engagement for Chris Brogan. At this point, since I missed my last opportunity to talk to some local businesses out there, it's uh, it's been really stagnant. I haven't really been able to do too much of anything because finding a corporate investor at this particular time in my town is virtually impossible just because we're in the winter season right now and more than half of the town is shut down. So they're probably not wanting to talk about money too much at this point since most of their businesses aren't actually open for business. So in talking with a few people on Twitter about my situation, I ran into a gentleman who was a book writer, and he writes westerns, and quite frequently too. And he told me about a website and a company called BNI, which stands for Business Network International. He told me there's groups all over the world that do networking in local areas. And I come to realize that after doing some research on BNI, that there's like five or six chapters right here in my local area. So I think what I'm going to do at this point is try to get in in one of these business meetings with BNI and see if I could do some networking that way. I'm really looking forward to this. I just got to do it. That's pretty much my only thing I got. If uh, I don't get anything there, I'm probably going to have to end up waiting about two or three more months before I can actually start networking in my Chamber of Commerce again. So something new and something a little bit different and something I'd actually like to do with you. I've been doing a lot of research lately about improving brain function, including diet and uh, exercising my brain and things of that nature. And one thing I came about was learning a new language as a great way to grow synapses in your brain. Yes, actual synapses in your brain that can be used, transfer information from one place to another in the brain faster or quicker, kind of like having a paved road that's brand new, clean, no bumps, no potholes or anything like that, so you move along a lot faster, kind of the same way. So I've decided that I'd like to learn a new language. So what I'm going to do here is ask you what language you think I should actually learn to speak. So we're going to give you three choices. We're going to learn either Spanish, Russian, or Klingon. That's right. I said Klingon. What I'd like you to do is go to my website, uepodcast.net backslash episode number 12, and go to the blog there and let me know which one of those three you would like me to learn. If you could just leave me a comment and let me know which language you would like me to speak, I would really appreciate it. I'll also take votes at my Twitter, at DJ Scoob, S-K-O-O-B 2021, if that works out a little bit better for you. I'm going to go ahead here and just ask if you could please give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or anywhere you listen to your podcasting. I would really appreciate that. If you want to get into some of the tools that I have available that I actually used in my entrepreneur journey, please go to uepodcast.net. Go to the resources page where I have books and all kinds of great information about what resources I actually use to start my business. If you're a brand new business that's just getting started, that's less than a year, please contact me anywhere that I've mentioned before, or you can email me at 
uepodcast2021 at gmail.com. All right, everybody. Thanks for a great show. This has been absolutely amazing. I can't believe I got Cliff Ravenscraft on my show. So definitely one of my goals in life. And we got some more coming. So thank you very much and have a great evening. Okay. (laughs) Hello there. DJ Scoob here. And I just want to personally say thank you for listening to my program. I really hope you learned something. Tune in in two weeks to listen to another brand new entrepreneur. And remember, I can, I am, I will, and I'm doing it today. As a worker of two full-time jobs, running a podcast and coaching, every minute counts in my day-to-day. It's hard to be consistent in any of my social medias. And at this point, I cannot hire a social media manager. Pinnacle AI to the rescue! I've been using Pinnacle AI for a couple of weeks now. I've seen big improvements in my outreach and consistency in all my social medias. Do you want to save time and increase your productivity too? Go to tuepodcast.net backslash AI for more information. Save yourself time and grow your brand. Try it now and see what it can do for you.